Okay. Um, yeah, the metaverse, eh? That's a crock of shit. The guy's like selling you the, um, the guy like uh, creates a, something that uh, that convinces you that the world is, uh, the world is uh, a, 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 like a negative and 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 terrible place, and and then he uh, gives you the the uh, solution to get out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And what what but the solution to get out of it? He wants you to go deeper with the freaking Oculus 3D metaverse. Yeah. You right? Can... So that it, everybody completely checks out of reality. Huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, then you get that is your new reality. And it becomes a new reality. Yeah. That's well, how they addicted people to heroin in the 60s. Yeah. They well, gave them the good stuff and then. Uh, uh, and feed is them that the how garbage. they did it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's how the CIA did it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Hey, I just found out that Hamilton uh, uh, used to have like a mental institution and like a bunch of like uh, hospitals for uh, and, and like I think a prison for the criminally insane or oh, something. Sure. And then they just stopped all those programs. It was and, and big just, business. And then just let them all out onto the streets of Hamilton. And that's how Hamilton was born. Well, it makes sense. It all <laughs> makes sense. It all makes sense. Right? right? Is it on Barton Street, maybe? I think it's probably. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Like, someone was telling me that on the weekend. I did a gig there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What's wrong with my mic? I got to get right in my lips here. Sorry. Nice. There it goes. That's clarity for Hamilton right there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, whoever told me that, I'm like, ah, oh, I get it now. That yeah. makes sense. They're just like... Uh, like fourth generation, like a crazy person on the street. Wackadoos. Because they they have a they do have a like a higher level of confidence, don't you think? The the homeless people in Hamilton. Well, the, you know that's the one thing. Yeah, you know the crazier you are, the more confident you can be. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's because fair. you know you believe in your own insanity enough that it doesn't matter if nobody else does. Yeah, they're they're like uh, the Hamilton homeless people are brazen. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think what's happened, too, is don't forget, Hamilton had all those places, but so did Toronto. Yeah. And the big Lakeshore. Now, do you know the Lakeshore, the old Lakeshore Mental uh, Health Institute in Toronto? I didn't know about that one. In Etobicoke. It's a huge spread. It's haunted as hell because there's a, they, there's all the underground passages that take you between the buildings uh -huh. that yeah. they used to take the crazy people through. Oh, yeah. There is the one room that you go in there that was the hose down room. Is it still open? Like the hose down? No, they, but they did. They were doing scary tours at uh, Halloween yeah. for a while. But I think they may have developed it all now because for a long time they were doing uh, film studios. As a matter of fact, here's a little bit of trivia. Police Academy movies were shot there. Really? The, the Lakeshore Mental Health Facility was the location for the police academy for police academies. I one, two, that, and three. I just oh. thought that was a police academy. Honestly, no. God. Yeah, no, it was, the, it, it was the Lakeshore Mental Health Facility in Toronto. <laughs> you fell for it, Kev. <laughs> uh, so, like, can, uh, can you just go back to what a hose-down room is? The, oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of scary. So when they had the patients who were a little out of hand, yeah. And needed to be subdued a little. They had a, a room, and it was almost two stories tall. And it was like a large swimming pool. Uh -huh. There was doors at the end, and they would take them, and they would hit them with fire hoses. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. That... Because it would take the fight out of them. Yeah, it would do that. Yeah, yeah. and clean yeah. you up a little, too, maybe. And, and clean them up at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Um... 
Yeah, you you probably feel alive after that's done, eh? Like after they do that to you, you you would be hating it while it was happening, but afterwards you'd be like, "Man, I feel great." I survived the fire hose. Yeah, there that's a, you. You feel like you have like a renewed energy to take on your day in the <laughs> insane asylum, part of the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not going to get those nasty fingerprints all over your your, your paintings and it. You know, yeah, yeah. When you're doing your arts and crafts, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a. It was like the. For like since since the beginning of time, it was our strategy was to um, like beat it out of people and like to break their spirit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. well, it, the, and you think about it, what was the term for insane at different periods of time? Oh yeah, yeah. you know, like a woman who would speak against a man and and read yeah, yeah. in the 1890s that was insane off she goes she yeah, was a witch right yeah she was a witch uh, oh no that was earlier right? oh sorry it, and, and actually now today and and true yeah. and true yeah. yeah also if they weigh the same as a duck well yeah <laughs> well you know they're the yeah. witches because they cast spell on us men because they use this thing called logic. <laughs> Actually, I think they use vagina. vagina. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah, I'm powerless to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, um, we should talk about a lot of stuff. All right, but we have to actually begin the show because uh-huh. we are oh. rolling now. Oh, we are. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Do you have a viewer? Oh, I don't know because I have like so many things running at once. I'm just happy that um, uh, both things are going. Wait. You know what? Maybe I'm just being a baby, right? Maybe I should just face my fears, Kevin, and see. Yeah, man. Uh, I guarantee we have a viewer. Got it. Live, it says, oh, oh, oh. That's on Facebook. Hey, we do have two viewers right there. Oh, wow. Right. And uh, let me see on a YouTube. Two beautiful viewers. Wow. Well, we love them. And They're amazing. This one, I don't know if it's rocking or not. Why ain't it not working? Let me just see. Uh, Is the YouTube going? That's what matters. Hold on. Let me just check my YouTube. God damn it. Uh, no, it's, it's going, man. Sweet. It's going. Yeah, let's rock the Casbah. Right. I'm going to go to uh, this. Yeah, you know what we should do? Play that goddamn theme song, eh? I'll check it while the theme song's playing. <laughs> I can't believe it. We are rocking on both platforms. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Shed. It's another Tuesday night. I believe our, my good friend uh, told me that today is Harassment Day. Where's the music coming from? Oh, that's a theme song again. This is weird. Is this some sort of a... Oh, I'm playing... Right now, I'm probably playing the live stream... There I am. There you go. Shut up. <laughs> we were listening to ourselves. Can you believe that? Wow. 
Yeah, I'm not really good at this technology, Craig. Uh, Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dutch Hall. As I said, we're here on a Tuesday night, harassment day, and uh, we have a great lineup. We've actually booked a guest for the love yeah. of Pete because we realize. <laughs> and we love you, Pete. We suck together. No, it's not that, Kev. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, first of all, I'll introduce you. Ladies and gentlemen, the season eight all-star, Kevin, I'm going to call you this time, Kevin, I have no nickname, Van Dungeon. How about that? Okay. A whole, this is, is you think that's part of, is that part of, sorry, I let the applause wear out. I'm sorry. I was stepping on your applause from your great, gracious applause. Do you think the fact that we weren't able to come up with a nickname for you, Kevin, <laughs> after like a, almost a full year here? Right. Is that a, a testament to your to your character? Perhaps. Uh, I thought we had How Do You Like Them Apples was one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little, but this is your season. It's my season. Maybe have you season. not seen the commercials? I have not. It's the season of Kevin. Oh. Is it really? Home Alone. Ah. Oh. Kevin. Yeah. 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 If it's going to be as good. I don't think so. Yeah. You know what, Kevin? Your name. Um, your name's a hard K. So you're going to get fucked over quite a bit because you're right teetering on the carols. You get thrown in with the carols. You get thrown Kevin's, in. Kevin. Karen's. Karen's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Karen's. Yeah, those are the Ken's worst. and Karen's. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that couple, Kevin and Karen. Yeah, those hard Ks will get it. So oh, Kevin's yeah. are next. You're not out of the woods. Hey, you ever hear uh, some people throw Kyle in the joke now Let's and again? Let's start it. Let's start it right now. Don't be a Kevin. Yeah, don't be a Kevin. Don't be a Kevin. Oh. Yeah. Kevin, you can't beat the hard, <laughs> the hard C. And ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the guest that we had booked that I just told you I did it, <laughs> <laughs> and we brought him in all the way, all the way down the road from Langton, Ontario. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Greg, Craig McLaughlin, comedian Greg McLaughlin. And who's this guy talking to you? You tuned into my show and you don't even know. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am the host of this show and two time, two time, and President's Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke. Look, we'll do this. It's more like regular. Ah, it's so much better. Stupid mic stand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good show. I'm I'm pretty happy. This is I would say this like a week off for me, Craig, because I don't have to think about anything. I can just uh, let you go, yep. and we'll be we'll be fine. Okay. Because I, I've, every time I met you, I've got like you know you got like five minutes in a parking lot before we're both going right. home, right? And we still I, we still always have a great chat. Always finding that little bit of time, and it's always easy to talk to you. So I thought, what it would this got to be like a piece of cake. And we've and you've been here for about that already, and we could have already finished the show with what we've already talked about. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so yeah. this is going to be a piece of cake. But this, I understand, you told me before the show started, is your very first ever podcast. First time. Oh. First, time. first time. Yeah, right? Pop my cherry. Yeah. I popped my cherry, and, you know, I, I was a little nervous going in, but it was gentle, so... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So so far, so we're gonna good. be we're gonna take good care of you. And if we and if you start slipping up, we'll always slip it to the person that I forgot to introduce here. Oh yeah, Robot Dave, Robot Dave. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
We put uh, Robot Dave in a new position this week to just creep out our guest. Yeah, man. He just sits eerily over his shoulder. He does. And uh, wait, I have to wait one second. Uh-oh. What's going on? Oh. Oh. I see. Oh, oh, he's got something special. Oh, my effects. Wait, we can't. We shouldn't break the fourth wall there, but uh, it's... Uh, I don't think anybody knew. I injured the, I injured the robot today. Yeah. It was in a horrible <coughs> It was in a horrible vacuuming accident today oh, no. and uh oh, no. yeah, he's now uh, paralyzed <laughs> from the neck down. <laughs> but he's still able to speak and uh think as well as he did before. That's true. Uh so we're happy to have Robot Dave. Robot Dave, I'm sorry to not introduce you. Robot Dave everyone. You know I have a soft spot for Mexicans. Well, that's oh. out of nowhere, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Out of oh. nowhere. Oh. Um, I'm starting to hate the robot so much that I, <laughs> I want, I even want charters back. Uh-huh. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how low th- I've gotten. Yeah. Hey, Kev. Yeah. And yeah, uh, why, what's your problem, man? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I think you should. <laughs> My problem. <laughs> <laughs> like really? What? Like I, I find myself like in this room. It's my office. This is this is where I do my work. And that fucking robot stares at me with his dead eyes all day long, you know, judging me yeah. is what I think. Oh, that's oh fantastic. Yeah. You like that, eh, do you? It's yeah. your supervisor. You're yeah. going to have to get used to it because the world is going that way. Yeah, you're right. It's true. It, you know, <laughs> we think the, work, the robots are going to work for us, but eventually we will work for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's dead true. It's uh, because, like, they already, I know, like, sometimes people will say, um, like, uh, you'll always need someone to build the robots. No, the robots are building the robots. Uh, The AI is doing everything. Math and science is beyond us. The only thing we can do now, and that's what I told my kids, because my kids are both, uh, both were leaning towards, like, artistic pursuits. And I, I was like, well, that's what we should be doing as humans is going into the arts because, because the we the you can't teach a robot to do that shit. But everything right. else, it'll drive our cars, it'll deliver our packages with drones or whatever the fuck they're gonna come but up with. Are you sure they can't teach a robot to do art? You can teach it to do art, but it doesn't have any. It doesn't mean anything. You can, like it's not coming from anything real. You know what I mean? You know, like a, it's like a joke, like jokes, right? Like, um, like uh, you can see a kid. Who figures out how to tell funny, tell jokes, right? <laughs> but like, uh, they're like not, uh, they're not like, they're not like funny or Can whatever. Can they create the jokes? But yeah, but it's not, or it's just like uh, easy jokes. And there's, I don't know, even with me, like when I started, I, I shouldn't talk about other kids, but like when I started, my jokes were about my dick, right? Right. And uh, they still mostly the are. Things, the things you know. <laughs> yeah, the things I know, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, so I told jokes about that, and then I was like, uh, I remember my daughter saying to me one time. She's about probably 16 at the time. She's like, Dad, are you still telling dick jokes? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> she goes, You're better than that. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I am not better than that. You see, isn't it true? Children believe. Yeah. 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 
Like, no wonder I passed the Easter Bunny by you for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crock of shit, man, from the beginning. Of fucking rabbits don't lay eggs, dummy. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were robot. talking about ro- like uh, robot. So I'm just uh, uh, my point is, you should just be a little nicer to Robot Dave because right. he might have friends. In the in the uh, primary grades, uh, I was known as Husky. <laughs> <laughs> he does have feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Fine. yeah. He's created a bit of a backstory for himself, and now he's uh, he, he's uh, trying to convince me of his emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Dave. Uh, Dave. The more that guy evolves, is really the more that that my brain deteriorates in this room. <laughs> like sitting in this room and just staring at the. Uh, did he blink? Did he fucking blink? <laughs> <laughs> did he just follow me. He turned his head. Yeah. yeah. Is he crying now? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. One day he's going to be beaten to death with a <laughs> with a microphone. Can I ask? Does he ever talk when I'm not here? Um, yeah. uh, 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 no. Okay. That's uh, good. That's a good th- sign. That, yeah, that's. Yeah, not yet. I'm trying to think. No. <laughs> Only if I'm testing things out. Okay, like, okay. A, like, yeah. a, he was doing the Mean Gene impressions one day <laughs> oh, with me, you know. I wish the, they were still around. Actually, Channel 2. Oh, really? Yeah, if you go up to the Channel 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> mean Gene? Yeah. Mean Gene. He, he, he does a good Mean Gene. Gene. You want to hear one? Sure. He nailed a turkey from the rear. <laughs> hey, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Hey. That for timing. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty timely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a good. Yeah. He does that good. That's a good impression there, right? Eh? Mm-hmm. What is it? There's a bit more, like, uh. You want to hear him curse in Mean Gene? Yeah, sure. sure. Back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. <laughs> hey. He does a good Mean Gene. He yeah. does a good does mean, gene. Great mean Gene. Yeah. yeah, he does a good one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, oh, I wanted. This is where I was going with that. The you know how I, when I, I told jokes about my dick, right? And then uh, my daughter, and then uh, eventually you evolve. You evolve, right? And uh, I actually have start a, telling jokes about other people's dicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That you saw it and <laughs> to comfort you after your many bombs, like Joe's little dick. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's like that's hilarious. Every once, do you know? You know Joe Batello. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I, yes, I know, Joe. I've tiny. seen him in his uh, Captain America. <clears throat> yeah, once a year I post that just to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it is so much fun. Like, that's a I've, I, that, that gift, that's a gift to me. Yeah. Seeing his little pin dick in that thing <laughs> is so funny to me. And yeah. uh, I love it. That's a cute little fella. <laughs> I can't believe he walks around with that. It's, it's very, <laughs> very terrible. Well, you know, that's the worst thing, word for it, too. You know, cute. cute. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Aww, it's so that. cute. Yeah. It's like Does an it Odie. get any bigger? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just poking out of the mound there. Yeah. It's like an Odie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Joe. Is that a button on her fur coat? Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you can see me and Joe at Rhythm and Brews on oh. December 12th, I think. Oh, that was a good segue. Yeah, I did it by accident. Oh, Rhythm and Brews. Great place. In Cambridge? In Cambridge. Yeah. Yes. In Cambridge with my Portuguese friends. I don't know if it's still Portuguese in Cambridge. It used to always be Portuguese there. 
Uh, Rhythm and Bruise was actually the last gig I did before COVID shut everything down. Oh, really? Yeah, I did it with uh, Sam Wasco. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Caveman. The Caveman. What was that like? Uh, different. That was Those different. kind of shows are always weird, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, 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 it's all a lot of, they have, it's like a staged format. Yeah. You know, you're used to, they got a bunch of stand-ups, so you're used to watching a stand-up, stand-up, and then they come up, and it's it's a stage format show, almost like, you know, a, a game show or a TV show, you know. Yeah, it's not stand-up anymore. No. And uh, sometimes it's not anything. Like, I know the Jackass guys came around, and there was the same thing. There's, like, a bunch of good stand-ups, and then... The jackass guys came out wasted and did a bunch <laughs> of gibberish that no one understood, and then yeah. it was over, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of times it's like that. I did the wrestling ones. Like, I did uh, Jake the Snake, Roberts. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's a picture that he signed for me in the gig. He, when I got there, I introduced myself to him, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, hey, uh, pick a picture, and I'll sign one for you. So I picked this one, and he goes, uh, he writes, thanks for the, op- the great opening. And I go, I didn't go up yet. Ah. He goes, you better not suck. <laughs> That's great. Now, did he charge you 20 bucks so we could get some crack? No, no. He was clean at the time. We talked about it in the smoking area. Wow. He was taking this pill that was uh, keeping him off the booze. And as long as he stayed off the booze, then all the rest of it Antibus. was okay. What? Antibus. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's, That's the pill. Makes you feel like shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I I had I went through rehab when I was a young guy, right? Right, and uh, it was actually you know it was either six months in jail or thirty days in rehab. Yeah. So I went for the rehab, and they put me on the antibuse. Yeah, and I didn't believe it until I drank. And then just barf. Oh, oh, hot flashes. You're sick. You're ill. It's oh, it's terrible. Mm. It's just the worst. The worst. Oh. I know a guy, he got hypnotized so he wouldn't smoke cigarettes anymore. Right. And then uh, I was smoking a cigarette, and he's like, God, that looks good, eh? He says, give me one of those, eh? And I give him one, and he's smoking it, and and then he's like uh, totally greened out from the cigarette because of the... Because of the hypnotism, I thought you were gonna say he started barking or something like that. No, he was a he was See, like that would have been better. That would have been that would have been, that would have been a punchline. God damn it! Where's my problem? Oh, I'm sorry, damn right. it. Yeah, you gotta bring you on the road with me, right. and you can coach me. Yeah, okay. had a cigarette and started clucking like a chicken. Yeah, yeah. masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all good stuff. What I did was tell the truth, and it was boring. Well, <laughs> what's the rest of the story though? He got sick. Dave's Barford against the fence for most of the night. Well, me, me and uh, his wife and my wife uh, had, had a great night. Inside. You laughed at him. And we were like, every once in a while we peek out and say, is he still doing that? He's yeah. Like, yeah. That was That's best. And his wife's like, best to leave him out there. He's just it's snowing now. And he's just like against the fence barfing. <laughs> the snow feels so good. Yeah, yeah. He eventually got a hold of himself, came in, but he's like, never give me a cigarette again. No problem. And I'm like, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he's done it since. Anyway, he's a good guy. I w- normally we would do an impression of that, and yeah. I can do an impression of him because <laughs> uh, he's my neighbor. It's oh. my-, <laughs> my favorite guy to do an impression of, and now I've done the impression so much, I don't even know if it sounds like him anymore. It's just my. Right. It's kind of hey. like an impression of an impression, like like a bunch. It's not. I don't even know. I don't even think of him anymore. Right. I just think of the impression, mm-hmm. you know? You See, know now, that- here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you've hit it uh, anymore because 
who knows your neighbor? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You could do that. You could do that anyway and say, "No, that's my neighbor." If you knew him, that sounds just like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great. Right. That's what I mean. Like my buddy, uh, my buddy Adrian, he would do uh, these impressions of local guys from Waterford, <laughs> right. and uh, and I, I would be cracking up. And then uh, <laughs> my one roommate's from Ottawa. The, the other two guys are from Wa- Waterford, you know, and and we're all cracking up. And then uh, he's the other guy from Ottawa is like, I don't know these people. I'm like, yeah, but isn't still a funny impression? Like, listen, to- yeah, it's just like, <laughs> <the guy. laughs> like uh, but even if you didn't know this guy, <laughs> if you if you take our word for it, there's a guy who walks around like this. That's hilarious, you know. Yeah. Like, and the shit he was saying too. It's not just about impression, right? Like, because. You can sound like uh, like Tyler Shazma, for example, easy comic to to impersonate. You know, every right. comic's got a Shazma, and then uh, you you could be the guys that have an impersonation of you. Have you ever heard anyone do an impersonation of you? No, no. Uh, I bet you could. Have. You're like the you're like the future version of Jason Allen, kind of, eh? Oh, re- yeah, like, I'm the, the old version of Jason Allen. Yeah, you're like his his. Uh, uh, like, are you possibly his dad? Well, that that has been brought up at a show before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I've never seen you two together. To be no, honest. no, Ooh. we uh, we did a show together. Oh God, it's like a Christmas story. Three Ghost years ago, Christmas four past. years ago in Paris. Oh yeah, show. yeah. I think it, I think Gators or something is the name of the place or the Bayou. Oh yeah, yeah. right, yeah, the Grand st- Bayou or something like that. Yeah, I started in line with Jason and. Uh, so yeah, yeah, there is like similarities for sure. T- yeah. Talking to you, even that it's like, man, you guys do resemble each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I didn't think I was ever, you know, anybody would ever do a impression of me. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do you have I a, think it's a, a bad thing? Because in one way, you, know? you have a well-defined stage persona. That right. people can do an impression of, like that people can like get their head around, you know, right. versus being like Kevin. Fucking <laughs> 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 nobody. Fucking nobody. I can't even get a fucking nickname, yeah. man. No, no. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's like, it, and really, you know, even with the hard K, <laughs> can you hear the D, uh, the uh, the MC now? And next to the stage, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, Just suck the air right out of the it, room. It's, it's Kevin. Kev comes out, says a bunch of real sensible things. Yeah, <laughs> come on, uh, gives you great tips on how to check the, the air in your tires. Just paying my bills today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Early. Oh. Yeah. RSP is looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put that gas line antifreeze in my car today. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. Thinking ahead, thinking ahead. Checking the temperature. Yeah, change the oil. Change oil. Uh, like like having a fucking uh, cramp or something. No, it's not cramp this time. It feels like someone beat the shit out of me in my ribs. Wow. It really hurts. You need uh, mustard. I do not need mustard. And tinfoil. Hmm. Tinfoil? You wrap it with mustard into it. You wrap the... You put the mustard on rapidly. <laughs> you know what? I might fucking do this because uh, because the one time I was having a huge leg cramp and I in the middle of the show and Kevin goes yellow mustard and I yelled at my wife to get yellow mustard and she brought it in and I shoved it in my throat and it fucking went away. Wow, for reals. But uh, that, put it on with tinfoil sounds a bit like a crock of shit. Sounds like it'd be fun to watch you do. <laughs> <laughs> it would, right? Yeah. You yeah. convinced me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I got at least. That's that's what cooks do for birds. 
Oh. Really? Yeah, you get a burn on your finger, you put a little mustard on it, wrap it in tin foil, and back to cooking you go. I thought you put sliced onions on your balls. Well, you do, but that's that's for a different reason. Oh. <laughs> you put sliced onions on your balls for yeah. it? I don't know. It cures a cramp. Yeah. It sure would make it. Actually, it makes you not cry when you're cutting onions. Because uh, you're wondering about the onions on your balls, mostly. I suppose it's going to make your balls just smell more like balls. <laughs> well, <laughs> that well, ball smell. It, makes, you, it <laughs> makes your balls smell like onions rather than balls. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. you know. I always thought my balls did smell like a bag of onions, though. Like, if I had to pick a smell, <laughs> I would go bag of onions. You're like, no, 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 no. Okay, now. This is actual onion, not my balls. <laughs> like, it, 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 once you catch a good whiff of your balls, like, what, are you walking around and sniffing different things for comparison? Oh, yeah. No, I have bad hygiene, man. I just, like, uh, don't take care of myself for long periods of time. I've lived with chronic depression for a while. Oh, I'm, I'm, I feel better now. I, I'm happy to say I feel better. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You had a good, good funk for a bit there? Oh, like six or seven years. No, about. I mean, like yeah. you had a good funky smell. Oh, yeah. If funk. not, uh, uh, yeah. So sometimes when you're not uh, feeling up to uh, living and stuff, you uh, your balls get stinky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the first sign. You, you start to say, where is that? Did I just buy a crate of onions? <laughs> and you're like, no. That man needs no. help. No, no, I'm like, no, I, sh- no, I should no. consider getting uh, up <laughs> off of this, you know, couch and sure. uh, giving my balls a wash here. Yeah, yeah. That's mostly it. Or the, um, sometimes I will get feedback. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch! Oh, Run in the program! We, uh... Boring failure. <laughs> oh, God, I feel so bad. Do you remember when you started this season, you had no confidence, you wouldn't even give yourself a clap. That's right. You know? And now you feel better about now yourself. I have the clap. Yeah, have the clap. Oh, yeah, okay. before I'd feel bad about making fun of him like this no. because I, he, his confidence was so uh, minuscule, he would just it. give himself little applause at the beginning. And uh, I was like, Kevin, I had to keep boosting him up, you know? But now I think I got him high enough. On himself, knocking me down. I can knock you down today. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I have—I don't want to take it too far, Kev. I, I, we have a long, a long and storied friendship. That's true. We were the original podcasters. We've talked about it a lot, but oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You want to yeah, hear? What makes you the original podcasters? Tape recorder in my bedroom. Uh-huh. I do not believe. Oh. Oh, I don't remember tape recorder in the bedroom. So, like, were you doing like mixtapes? Is that was that? No, we're doing late night talk show. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were ten years old. <laughs> I get off his bus every th- off the bus at his house every Thursday to go to Cubs. First Bobby Wild Cubs, Boston, Boston Bealton, Wilsonville, Dunder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and I didn't live anywhere close to that, but I knew all my friends were in that Cub group, and the other Cub groups I heard about were a bunch of uh, pussies, you know? Yeah. Oh. So I was like, my buddies are all in this one. So my mom, like, I got off the bus at Kevin's place. And uh, where are we going with this? Oh, and then uh, one time he's got a barn, and oh, yeah. on the top story of his barn, uh, we kind of clean it up. We had the had like a studio, like a, yeah, right. like, a, the, huh? like a couch oh. and a desk type of thing. All right. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we would like do shows kind of, but no no recording devices, no That's internet, right. no anything, just just. St- just like uh just for the love of the craft just for the love of the craft. <laughs> <laughs> now never know you would pay off yeah. to this day yeah, okay so like, 
you used like a tape recorder. Like you did, you weren't doing video. Were you shooting video on any of these? Oh no, no, no. That was no, well. No. Before now, do you video. have any of the tapes around still? No, my sister unfortunately found a bunch that we were cursing on and oh, burned yeah, yeah. them. Oh, we were our burned show. Them? Our well, show first told on us and then burned them. Our show was a little blue. Oh, for ten. You were ten. We used f words. Oh no, frequently. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Kevin had an old dad, so I get get away with a lot more shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's tired. Yeah, I remember we going to Kev's place and he played me the Violent Femmes. Uh, added up that song added up by the Violent Femmes. Right. And I'd never heard any music like that before, and it said fucking it, and I was like, holy shit. He was like, holy. Why can't I get just one fuck? Are you kidding me? Oh, that was the greatest thing I ever heard. Yeah. Oh, right. do you do you remember uh, Jane County in the electric chairs? No, Jane County in the electric chairs. No. I gotta check them out. It was Wayne County in the electric chairs. Actually, Wayne County, Jane County was probably one of the first transsexual uh, rock stars out there who actually went through a change in the middle of their career. Oh, really? Yeah, it started out as Wayne County in the electric chairs and became Jane County in the electric chairs. Oh, cool. Right? And they're, you know, and their number one song was, If You Don't Want to Fuck Me, Baby, <laughs> Baby, Fuck Off. <laughs> right? That's the best. I don't know what that oh, was yeah. about. And uh, th- uh, that, that was the whole song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the whole song. And there wasn't, that, there wasn't much depth to it. No. No, yeah. no it wasn't like it was a long tale of long lost love no. and refining, rekindling <laughs> romance. No, it was pretty much, if you don't want to fuck me, fuck, get the fuck out of oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much like current rap songs. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, uh, like uh, if you got, you got a juicy ass, then you give me expensive liquor at the some sort of a nightclub. Wear some jewelry. And yeah, uh, yeah you wear expensive uh, jewelry and then uh, behave like a hoe. Yeah. Right? Right. And this is all. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, that's the general yeah. story arc we're going with. A lot of backing gigantic asses up. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not it, exactly. Now, bl- now, now that music has trans. It has transformed to reality now. Yeah. Because now, Big Butts is that is where it's at. Oh, I love them, too. I'm not a but ba- Kim I'm Kardashian, not- and all, like, they're just the big round badonkadonk. Yeah, I guess. You know what I'm going to say? And no offense to women that are listening to this show with a nice, juicy set of tits. <laughs> but I want to just say something. You know what? I could give a fuck about your tits. Well, I'll tell you that right now. It's nice. It's a nice, nice, whatever. I don't care about it. But if you got one of those non-existent asses, like, I'm just sorry. Right. I just yeah. don't have time for it. There's the odd gem out there that's got a nice set of boobies and a, and a beautiful bum bum. I'll tell you right now, if Jane, le- uh, if Jane left me tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would go, I would go uh, black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey. You heard it here first. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. Uh, I'm not sure. No. If you're allowed to pick a, a pick a race, that's supposed to be racist. But I'm like, you know what? I would go through all the races. To be quite honest with you, I would. Hey, you were up in uh, uh, Northwest Territory or uh, yeah. Callaway or something. Yeah, yeah. What does Eskimo pussy look like? Have you ever seen? It, it looks the same as as any other pussy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. It's exactly the same as any other pussy. <laughs> I've never met an Inuit person before in my life. That's that's true. No, but it's not saying much. I grew up around here in Norfolk County, <clears throat> and I didn't meet a Jewish person until I was twenty. Wow, 
And then I did. See, I, I lived I, I lived in a house with uh, where, where I was the only white guy, and it was all Inuit workers. Yeah, yeah. At uh, what age? Yeah, uh, sixteen. At sixteen, yeah. At sixteen, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I worked on a crew with all Jamaican guys right. when I was fourteen. It was kind of like like same sort of thing where you're the immersed, and, right. and you're the one guy that does yeah, it. Yeah, you're absolutely immersed. In yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And it's different, and it's great. I like it too, yeah, man. You gotta, it, it, it's the only way you learn. Yeah, I like it. I've been in situations where I've been caught as being the one white guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I go in with a guide of some sort. Like, I'm right. not stupid. But sometimes it's a guide I just met at the previous bar I was at. <laughs> 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 so I don't know how good my guide is, you know? Hey, it's a guide, though. It's a guide. It's this a is guide. a local, you know, that I'm it's like, ah, oh, this guy seems all right. Um, but. Um, I've, I've been lucky, but, um, every time I do that, it's to me, it's like the best, um, it's like the, it's always eye opening for me. You know, like, it's always like I get to be introduced to another, uh, world or another way in the world that I've never seen before. Right. And then, uh, it's not the same as, it's not the same as when you're like the one time I was planting trees up in Massey. Right. Right. And then uh, we were out drinking at this one bar, and we're doing karaoke or something. And then these uh, native ladies come up, and they're like, hey, uh, you want to, um, uh, what are we doing here? This place sucks, you know? Like, come with us. There's a party going on uh, at this other place. So we go to this other place, and it's like a big hall, and it's like a buck and dough or something for a native uh for the, one of the natives or whatever. So the place is like everyone's grandparents and aunts and uncles. Right, and, right. Anyways, it was an awesome party. It was great. Yeah. And so we had a really good time with everybody. And then they say, oh, you want to come back to the reserve? There's an after hours party there. And so we uh, get Rudy, this guy Rudy, yeah, to drive us out. And uh, we go out to this. Uh, we are deep on the reserve now. And, it's, and then we get to this uh, house and uh, the girls get out and then they're at there's no party and they're uh they're like making moves on us right uh-oh uh-oh and they're giant women like they're giant women eh nothing against giant women like uh you should have love and everything but not, <laughs> it's for, not yours but yeah i wasn't interested in it i wasn't interested in it so then uh so i'm like uh trying to avoid it so she's like uh making it hard for me Ooh. to avoid Ooh. oh yeah, no oh so then uh, i go uh now you're sending mixed messages no wonder she's still pursuing you yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway she goes to the i she says what are you gay i said yeah i'm gay i said yeah i'm gay and then she goes uh she didn't believe me and then uh but then she kind of leaves me alone i'm hiding from her and then we get in then they finally give up on us and then they take us to the party there was a party, but they just they took us to fuck first, I guess. But I didn't. We didn't. We didn't fuck. The one guy did fuck one of the girls at the next place. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told, but I didn't do it. Wow, yeah. So we go to this uh, place, anyways, and it's like a nightmare. Though they take us for a tour of the house, we go through the one uh, kitchen, and there's a guy in a wheelchair. He's like uh, passed out with his head in the sink, and they go, "That's." Uh, that's so-and-so. He uh, got in an accident. His uh, insurance paid for the whole house, even the pool table. Right? That's what they tell us. <laughs> then we go down to play pool, and there's two other guys down there who are, like, uh, 
shady characters. Mm-hmm. And my buddy yeah. Todd started talking to them, and uh, I thought he was having a good time with them the whole night. And I'm avoiding this heavy set girl. The other guy's banging the other one in the bedroom, and I'm just like, I just want to get back to the hotel or the motel. And then uh, it's forever. I'm like Todd. He's having such. I'm like finally I go Todd. Todd, I'm sorry to interrupt your conversation. And then he looks at me. He's just white. He's just faces like pale white. And, and I go, can we get out of here? And then uh, the guy, um, the guy's shaking his hand. Right, this one native guy's shaking his hand. And he goes, uh, this guy thinks he's safe because he's shaking my right hand, but I'll stab him with my left. You know, like he's saying stuff like that. And he had just been like threatening Todd's life the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and like, uh, and uh, uh, so anyways, uh, we got out of there. And luckily I had a, uh, um, another uh, contract up in Blind River. So I left. And uh, another group of guys that I knew from from university stayed in Massey and planted, planted more trees there. Anyways, I was gone up uh, planted trees for another six, eight weeks, and then uh, this crew from Massey comes and helps us at the very end of our contract, and they go, what the hell did you do in uh, Massey, Pete? And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, one day we're at the motel, and the whole fucking tribe shows up to kick some tree planter named Pete's ass because that the girl who I told I was gay to apparently left her boyfriend for the tree planter named Pete. And uh, this guy and all his buddies went to come kick my ass. And I'm like, holy shit, man. I, I didn't like, I didn't even like remotely uh, want any piece of that guy's girlfriend. Yeah, like She's I horrible. Did. But so, I do, I do understand her leaving him for me, you know? Like, uh, oh, catch, right? that's totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, Just I'm, the- I'm a massy, I'm a Massey 9. <laughs> I think you're a Massey 11. <laughs> because uh, you said you were gay and you still yeah, caused so, a breakup. Yeah, so I thought, I'm glad they moved me to Blind River, though. Otherwise, I would probably yeah, be but, dead. Couldn't she tell by the way you were dressed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I find it easy to turn down... Um, horrible uh pussy yeah oh <laughs> uh, you know craig that was funny um uh, kevin i want to talk uh, we were at me and craig did a show on friday mm-hmm. and then there's these girls after the show oh my gosh <laughs> and uh it was a great show craig uh i knew craig was going on right before me and um uh, and uh so i'm like oh man i gotta think about this because he's hard to you're hard to follow because you have a lot of energy right, right. like uh so you may, I really want to make sure I could work after you. Right? But right. I like that. I like the fact that they put you on before because I'm like, oh, that means I'm going to have to work a bit. You know, yeah. I'm going to have to get uh, come with my A game and uh, make the show better. So then, uh, anyways, uh, where's it going with this? Craig, after the show, there's these yeah. girls lined up to talk to Craig. And I'm like, oh, he had a good set. I bet you they're just going to do the, the typical, hey, uh, I really right. liked you the right. best, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, then, and, 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 and so I get I get out of the way. Like I'm gonna try to uh, like a, no, I don't want to make it awkward for the awkward for them because they don't they're gonna feel bad if yeah. they're like oh but, yeah but you let's too. talk about the girls right yeah. so there there's three of them mm-hmm. yeah okay and the three of them are like late twenties I would put them in their thirties early thirties right? yeah yeah. Late twenties, early thirties. Right. And they're like and, and smiling, so they come over to talk to me and they start asking because I do bits about being single. 
Right. And online dating and stuff. So they said, uh, so are you like really single? And I'm looking at him and already in my head. Oh, that's mean. I know what's going to happen here. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah. 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 Right. And I go, exactly. And I said, well, listen, my mom. Oh. <laughs> and and, and the, her the, and other cousin. And my aunt, my mom. And my, is it two of them? No, no. They're the same person. Right. Yeah. We think she'd be perfect for you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they show the Facebook picture of their mom. Yeah. Right to Craig. Yeah. And then he's got to, like, react to it. Yeah. So I've got to – I have to critique the picture. It's okay. not like I'm going to go, oh! <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah you, Craig's got to put on a nice uh, face yeah. and make himself unmarketable as oh, fast as he can. <laughs> you know the scariest part? <laughs> She's not The hairy. bar owner. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's his sister. Oh, oh my gosh. It's yeah. his sister. You want to go there again. That was the uncle. Hey, he can, be, he can start booking that show. That, that was the <laughs> uncle. Hey, there we go. I can, yeah. I can hop on the show. That's it. I'm going to take <laughs> over a show in St. Thomas. That's uh, what I want to do. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Between the mess and the elephant, I don't know. I got to tell you, man. I, every... The mess is the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> No one mentions the mental institution there. That's why my parents told me they'd send me when I was a kid. They said they'd send me to St. Thomas. Yeah. Yep. There's one uh, in London, too, the Highbury Hilton. Oh, yep. really? Yeah. Yep. The Highbury? Highbury Hilton. Highbury Hilton. And though, did your parents uh, Oh, tell St. You? Thomas? Are you joking? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Now, the one in St. Thomas is closed now, right? Yeah. yeah. It had tunnels, and too. Here here we go back to the, uh, the irony with the movie trivia. Yeah. So the one in St. Thomas... Was going to be used, and I think is being used for uh, the Jason Momoa series C. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Right, it, parts of it is being used as one of the towns. Oh yeah, I knew that uh, he was supposed to be doing that, like bef- right around the time the pandemic started. Yeah, because most of the stuff they're doing is in winter. It's a winter scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they were they were supposed to be filming in like February and March, and boom, it got shut down. It was supposed to start. When, when uh, COVID shut everything down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like trying to get him on the podcast. To oh. be honest with you, because oh. like at St. Thomas, I'm like, oh, so I was trying. I was going through his whatever chain of people. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fucking. I had zero percent chance. I was trying to get. I was trying to get him to uh, trying to get them to book him into staying down in Port Dover at uh, the at the Clonmel Castle where I work. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I figure hey, yeah, it's good. It's a nice, fancy place. It's boutique. It's big. Oh yeah, it's luxury. Yeah, well, it can't hurt, man. I was just doing it so I could smell his fingers, man. I was a big Cosby Show fan. Yeah, she looking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she with Kravitz too? Yeah, that's then they have that. Her kid looks just like her. Too that she's an actress. Yeah, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, they oh, yeah. had a kid, and then yeah, then uh, then they got divorced, and then now she's with the Aquaman. Momoa. That's I I, that's if I'm story. right, because I might not be, because I fall, I don't follow that stuff, but I hear something. Hey, you seem to have followed her a bit. Well, I do like I do like Lisa Bonet. Yeah, I do like. There was there was a movie. Oh. There was a movie that she did where you could see her boobs when I was fairly young, and it was and. Uh, and she was still part of the Cosby Show. 
and she left to do a movie where she showed her boobs. All right, that got her in big trouble with the Cosby Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ironic. Bill yeah. Cosby didn't yeah. like people showing their boobs publicly. They didn't want kids <laughs> becoming an adult. No, Ed, he said, "You just be quiet and drink your fucking drink." Have your drink. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna show your boobs. You can't be conscious. Yeah, yeah. Have some quiet. Exactly. Yeah, you show them to you show them to strangers publicly who drugged it you. It was so the the irony of the whole so. thing was. The fact that one of Bill Cosby's biggest bits was Spanish Fly. Yeah, right. Right. He did that whole big bit. That was one. It was on his album, and mm -hmm. you know, it was one of his biggest bits was Spanish Fly. Well, yeah. Louis and you know why it was so radio. funny? Because it was true. Yeah, I think that's where the justification comes from. Yeah. Is that because you listen to that bit and you listen to the way that it could be justified, like, and then you start to realize, like. Uh, you know that the seventies people didn't look at things the same way. They everything was newer and like <coughs> it, it was like there was it's effed up, but like yeah. it's it, true. Well, you know you got the seventies. You know people talk about the way people are looking look at things now, mm. right? And people just got to realize all of us pretty much learn about other people in the rest of the world from media, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And right now. Media is in that is in is in their hands, mm -hmm. right? No matter what you say, you know, Facebook, YouTube, it's all media. And so, you, you know, you got the people who are super woke now, and that why because they're going through their phone and they read everything, but they know more. They have all the information at their fingertips now. Yeah, yeah. I grew up as a product of the seventies. Yeah. Right. I was born, you know, 62. So the 60s and 70s growing up small town, Canada, right? Small town, Canada, which would have been small white town, Canada. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the only thing that I knew about other people and other cultures was what I saw on TV. Sure. Yeah. That was it. Beachcombers, yeah. baby. That was it. If we were, you know what? Because they didn't teach us, you know, what about different stuff like that. So, you know, let's face it. Back in the 70s, every black person was like Huggy Bear, right? Yeah, or JJ. Or, or JJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all kid dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, every gay guy was flaming. Yeah, it was uh, Charles Nelson Riley or oh, Rip, uh, 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 Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor, right? They were they were just just as as far out as they could be. <laughs> yeah, Rip Taylor was out of control. It was throw confetti. <laughs> yeah, right. that's the whole bit. Yeah. What's his punchline? Throw confetti. <laughs> well, I got no got no joke. Here's yeah, confetti. throw confetti. Yeah, have some more confetti. But you know, so, but that, that's the way it was. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we learned. And then it's, you know, like it, it's not until you get out and get with people that you start to go, oh, okay, well, that's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah like, uh, it's all bullshit. Yeah, I was starting, uh, like, uh, my kids say to me all the time, like, uh, they're talking about my white privilege. Right. And I'm like, I don't know if I have white privilege. I think you guys have white privilege, but I don't think I had it. Like, because, like, I mean, I get what I, she goes, they sit, and then they start rhyming off shit, you know? I mean, like, they go like, uh, sorry, you, uh, you're white, you don't, you wouldn't be, uh, you would, uh, be ha you wouldn't be scared if you saw, or you would, you would be, you wouldn't be worried if you saw police come down your driveway or something. That was one of their things they said to me. Oh, I would. But... And then I'm like, 
Are you kidding me? Like, I grew up on a farm. Like, farmers are doing at least 18, 20 illegal things at any given time. They don't even right. know. It's just because they don't know because they don't ever ask what the rules are. They just do whatever they want. Right. You know? Right. And uh, that is not a person that wants to see the cops come down their driveway, you right. know? Right, right. And uh, the, the, I never have been around but, but, anyone that would be happy about that. But, the, but I, I think what the difference is. Is the white privilege? Because I used to think the same thing. Well, how is that? It's like a, I'm a broke ass motherfucker. How do I have white privilege? But the reality is that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if I go in, say for a job interview. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody's going in who's a person of color, right? Yeah. They're not going to be judging me on my whiteness. Uh, but they might be thinking because of an internal bias yeah. differently about the person of color that they're hiring. Maybe. Right. But you they know. could also be, they but could they, be, they which could is have why a, the world is opening up. Right, but right. growing up, you growing up in a farm community, me growing up in small town Canada, that's all white. I don't, right? I disagree. It wasn't all white. It makes it, well, for me, it was. It wasn't for me, though. But, yeah. but I swear, like, for me, it really was. Like, where I grew up in New Brunswick, there was, I can't remember seeing a single black person where I lived in, in, in New Brunswick. In Riverview at the time, I cannot remember a single black person. That's really? Yeah, not a single one. They're all Nova Scotia? It, they were all, they, they, it was, they were all Fre uh, Acadian French uh, 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 or just East Coasters. Yeah. Right? So so therefore everything that you saw was on television. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it wasn't until I had met people. So it, like getting to the white back to the white privilege. So in that situation when you start to think about white privilege it's like well you don't get it because in that dynamic there's just the poor white white trash and the non-white trash. They're white but they're just not trash. Right. They yeah, got, yeah. They, you know, it's, it's not they a, got the money. Yeah, it's about it's about money. Yeah. It was then it was all about class. Yeah. It's right. About class. Yeah. It was all about class. But when you come in to the uh, to the cities and now that uh, because of multiculturalism and, you know, I, I were not living in the tiny white towns. The, the intrigation has all happened everywhere. It, you start to have to, to learn. And that's where you start to see mm -hmm. where white privilege comes in, because before. It was just a class thing. So that's why it's kind of hard to get wrapped the head around white privilege. But uh, then when you, you're running into the different cultures and you can see the struggles because cause you'll hear it. Look, yeah. I heard it here with the farmers, right? And, you know, the farmers who talk about how much they love their migrant workers. If they couldn't do this without the migrant workers. And this was the words exactly. I heard two of them in the store picking up beer and talking. And the one was going on about, geez, the workers. He says, I got the wrong workers. They sent me the wrong workers. I had Mexicans last year and they were so much better. They sent me the Jamaicans. And the Jamaicans don't know it. You'd think Jamaicans would know something about watermelons. I couldn't believe this guy was saying this. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he's talking about the, the in, in in such a such a derogatory manner. Listen, dude, I I, I got to tell you that's a that's a sore spot for me uh, because because um, uh, like we've had we had uh, uh, migrant workers uh, my whole life, right? And they lived in my house. 
they had uh, Thanksgiving dinner with us. Yeah. My mom baked them a cake on their birthdays and gave them right. a cake and a case of beer. They were every bit a part of our family. Right. They got treated better than me and my brothers and sisters did. Yeah. That's for fucking sure. And uh, and like uh, seriously, like uh, like we 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 cared for them like they were family. You know, like and uh, and like. Um, when I hear about mistreatment like that or like disrespect like that, that is not the, that is not a reflection of most, uh, farmers. It, it, no, it, and, like, and, and also, uh, I know guys like, um, we had them on my show, uh, uh, Jamaican guys who, who work, who've been working here for a long time. Right. And, uh, it's nice. Cause when we go to Jamaica, uh, he'll take us around. Right. And then uh, he's been up here, and he's like uh, worked for so many years that he's like, uh, you know, he's like a, built built his skill set up, and he's uh, become a bigger part of his operation. And a lot of these guys end up, um, you know, like they make they make a good living for themselves and become integral parts of these operations because they work like decades for these guys, yeah. right? And uh, and um, guys like that that are like making jokes like that even, or like, uh, trying to belittle. And I've heard, I've heard, I've, I used to lend money to farmers. So like I heard guys yeah. say all kinds of, uh, racist bullshit and yeah. stuff like that. And it, every time it's like, you guys are the reason why people think uh, that this is a, that this is some sort of a slave trade that's going on here right. rather than that. This is, uh, us not being able to find people to fulfill these roles, and we go to these countries where there are people that are willing to fill these roles, and uh, and they're good at it. And, now, and, now, here's a question. I, I, I And we respect them, too. But here's a question that I, I have had about that, because I keep hearing that the same thing. You can't find the people to fill the roles here. And then I ask, well, what's the pay? Because the reality is... Right. If you got people who are going working for fourteen fifty an hour, right, and, and like I understand the buying power back in that in their country, yeah. Which, no matter how you look at it, some people say it's great for them because of what they can do back there. But it, it's hard to get away from the word exploiting exploitation because it's their poverty in their homeland. That's forcing them to come all the way. Here. We're paying. We're pay. We end up. You end up paying them more than you pay a local. Right, Th and employee. that's what I'm trying to figure out because I keep hearing that. So yeah. I'm saying, okay, so you pay. Yeah, you because know, you have lodging. You right. Have you do the travel lodging. both ways. You do the lodging. You do the travel. Now you gotta, and you do health insurance. You do health, and you got to do some paperwork. Obviously, you got you got to do. You have to probably take care of all the paperwork and uh, health so and there's safety. A lot, there's a yeah. lot involved. Yeah. Correct, right? Yeah, yeah. So if way more broke, than hiring a local person, right? So if you broke it down, right, to yeah. the costs involved with everything broken down, what would the hourly pay work out to? Would it be like twenty one, twenty two dollars an hour? Um, what's minimum wage at now? Uh, it's at right now. It's at fifteen four, or something. Uh, no, fourteen thirty five. And uh, and Dougie has promised to go to fifteen because he rolled it back and said no three years ago when he took away sick days, and because yeah. uh, it was supposed to go to fifteen an hour three years ago, and he killed that. 
and then then after the pandemic and everybody with the pandemic and we we're calling all, all the the minimum wage workers heroes yeah. then he said oh we're going to give them a raise and he gave them a raise of 25 cents yeah yeah and then he went and said oh no we're going to give them another raise and he gave them a raise of 10 cents an hour so that being such an insult now he's going back to 15 yeah, my wife's in the same boat but, with optometrists. But, beside, yeah, but, but back to back to the thing. Yeah. So would it would it cost twenty one, twenty two bucks an hour? I I doubt it. Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like uh, sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, or like all out the end, right? Well, I don't know. Eve, it depends because like guys do a whole bunch of things to try to minimize their costs. Like if you're growing a, a crop and you're wrapping up with your guys in right. like. Uh, uh, October, and then you know that there's a, a guy doing cold crops or horseradish okay. or something like that. You can like the guys can go there, work a few more months, and then that guy pays the flight home. Right, and then uh, so you can kind of like okay, so uh, split your cost. Yeah, there. but you're generally they let you they let you pay them. That used to be, and I'm out of the game for a long time. So it used to be, and I don't know if they still allow this anymore, but it used to be they you could pay them slightly less than minimum wage on an hourly basis uh-huh. uh, and, uh, because you're giving them lodging and your and health insurance right. and all the rest of it. But it ended up, yeah, it's, it, it ends up being, I don't know how you can. Because like, it, basically it was a Canadian, it was a Canadian citizen. They wouldn't have to pay for lodging. Because the person yeah, would have his own have lodging, his own home, yeah. right? Uh, they wouldn't have to pay for health insurance because the person's already covered. Yeah, under OHIP, right? Yeah, and, and they wouldn't have to deal with the flights back and forth, mm-hmm. right? They wouldn't have to deal with all the paperwork, immigration, and all that, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I, I like because I had asked a few pay the people, locals more, right? That, like that's why I had heard a, a few people telling me that it averaged twenty to twenty one dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they once they worked it out that even though the cash paycheck might be for fourteen fifty six an hour, the actual cost they said the actual cost was twenty twenty yeah. twenty one dollars an hour. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if you were paying locals the twenty one dollars an hour, yeah, could you not build a local labor force? No. And it, okay. Now here comes the second part of that. In the seventies. In eighty early eighties, I, I remember, mm. right, going. I I had all, all kinds of friends who would go and they would work the farms. Yeah, I was one of them. Right, and the reason is because they also got if they put in enough way if they worked a full season in the summer, they could have the winter off with unemployment. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then Mulrooney. Killed that, and we've been trying. Uh, we've been trying to get it back for. So it's been more than twenty years, twenty five years. Oh, that and makes, they've killed that. That makes sense, right? Because so now you, know, you don't that, have the guys who are willing to give up their summer and work their seventy hours. Plus, the other thing that they killed was uh, overtime wages for seasonal. Right. Right. Okay. Because they they killed the they they killed the seasonal work provisions by extending the weeks. So that none of the seasons that you would work would actually give you enough weeks yeah, yeah, to yeah. get the winter unemployment. 
Yeah. Right. So and there used to be there used to be a few more things like, uh, you know, like obviously if you're working a farm, you're working six days, maybe even seven. Yeah. Right. You know, but if you would reach a certain threshold for the week, they would have to pay you some overtime. Yeah. yeah. Right. On top. Whereas now there isn't. Right. That, that makes sense in yeah. timing wise, because like I remember. When I was a kid, we had a bunkhouse, but it was just local guys that would right. uh, stay in it, like guys from Quebec that would just come down to, for tobacco harvest. And uh, Because the whole thing was- You'd literally just go to the park in Delhi, yeah, and yeah. there'd be guys sleeping on a bench there. You would be like, How am I, I need six. And, exactly. And they'd right? come live in your bunkhouse. And now the thing is, that now you, like I keep hearing you know, people say, well, they still couldn't get the workers at that rate. But I'm willing to bet that if they did- have that rate out there. They will find the workers because there are uh, some young guys who think, well, you know what, I could work this entire summer and I'm going to get that new freaking Honda. And I'm going to get my Honda in the fall. Well, and all you need is three seasons of guys working and coming out with money in their pocket and a car or something nice at the end of the season before their friends start to think, you know what? I could do that for the summer and go to college in the in the winter. Well, unfortunately, they won't let you work on a farm until you're 18 because it's dangerous. There you go. And uh, so anything that you can do it as long as you don't use equipment. Oh, as long as unless, if there's a tractor involved if or family. If your family, you might be able to get away with it. Okay, because yeah. the first thing I saw when I first moved out here, yeah. when I was driving uh, to the marijuana farm, yeah. Right. Because that's why I moved here was to grow weed. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when I was driving to the marijuana. I went by this one field and the whole Mennonite family was out in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And those kids weren't 18. No, no, no. <laughs> right. So that's, well, that's how that's how we all grew a, up. Is there an exception there? Is there yeah. a family exception? Yeah, there there definitely is. And then add to that that nobody gives a fuck when it comes to their kids i, I don't think like they're you're going to change the way generations have right done it no no and I, like about but like there but i do think it is different yeah if you, yeah. it's your kid versus your uh, versus employee. an employee right yeah, yeah. So, so then um so if you've got to be 18 to work on a farm but the the reality is you know 18 to 21 if they're in that college age range and if they could work if they're banging 70 hours a week at, say, 20 bucks an hour, yeah, you yeah. know, if you're walking out, if you're grossing 1400 a week and you're going to get 12 to 16 weeks of work between in your summer summer off for college, yeah. right? you don't think you're going to want to bang off a, a 14 to the 18 grand in your pocket? In the, the in, problem in, is you need them until October, November. Yeah, I think your yeah. work ethic from your generation doesn't. Doesn't. Used to be you could wrap up because the frost would be early right. September, so the season's over early September. Right. And now, and then you could use students and college kids and stuff like that. Because I remember, I, I remember going going apple picking, right? You yeah. know, hey, you know, it was a it's five days work. Yeah, fine, I'll go for five yeah. days. You know, pick apples for five days, bad. Yeah, growing up, it was second week of September. You get uh, you'd get your frost, and then. You know, when you to make it to October first without a frost was like unheard of, and now I think it was we were in November for yeah. our first frost this year. Yeah. Like it's crazy, and uh, um, that's in my lifetime, like in the last like in the fifty years, mm -hmm. and um, 
Yeah, it was crazy. It was actually yeah. That and then that worked, but now it's and you need them till till like end of October, and then uh, who can you get? Like then right. you 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 really need a person that's finished school that you can kind of give like full time. Which actually, is more, where more than full time. If we had the EI, you have to. Yeah, that you, you have to. And then right. and I think that uh, these sort of questions are going to become more. You're going to be able to solve those things more with because like. Uh, as you get more automated, then what do you do with these people? Now we have all these people and no job, like no, no need for them, really. Well, well, look, they've now got uh, harvesters and everything. You don't even need a driver. Yeah, harvesters and the trucks that will load everything remote. Right? I, I was watching a thing out in, in Saskatchewan. Yeah. He's got his huge fields, right? And he's sitting on his front porch with a screen in front of him, and the truck and the harvesters are running, and there's nobody in them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right now, I know my one buddy Beaver who does a show here. He his his uh, tra- uh tractor is just basically his office when he's doing land work. Yeah. Because it's being driven by GPS, and I think he's just like on his phone, like doing his work. You yeah. Know? And uh, so it's now that you you know the next step is is of course let them just do the, do it themselves. Right. You know yeah. it is crazy. You know, but uh, it's that's the that's the real answer that's going to happen to replace. The offshores and stuff like that is going to be automation. automation and yeah, the automation all... is going to because I guess see, and I guess that's where uh, and even you know, now you see from. it the 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 jobs that those offshore guys were getting even when I was young mm-hmm. was manual labor jobs and the jobs they're getting now are more like running machines or right. or uh, running small crews of people like yeah. uh but but or but mostly it's because it's handling the automation you know yeah. So they are, uh, they are getting like, you know, more, um, I guess, techie job. They're not as, as like classically like just manual labor. Or anybody. So you get the IT kids now. Yeah, from Jamaica. Right? Yeah. The IT kids who couldn't who couldn't last a day out in the farmers' fields but become farmers. That's the thing. When I had, when we had Jamaican guys come work on our farm, they were all walks of life, man. Like yeah. they were like there were some guys that were university kids. Yeah. Some guys were like just from really really humble beginnings in kingston ghettos and stuff like that and other guys were like farm kids some guys had their own farms at home and then right the and we had mexican guys for for like 12 years after that and same thing they send us pictures of their farms that they would improve on every year and yeah one guy salvador kept having a new baby every after every season well, he's been away from his wife for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Every time I'd see him with a new season, I'd go, Hey, Salvador, uno, uno mas bambino pati. You know? <laughs> and he, in the first few years, he's just like, <laughs> shamefully, yes. See, <laughs> you know, see. <laughs> I like, uh, fuck, Salvador. Poor bastard. One day, his ball swelled up. And, like, it got huge. You know, it happened to my brother one time, too. But this guy, this guy, like, finished the day's work with this big swollen nut. Oh God! And then we just took him to the hospital, and they, it was like an infection of some sort. They put him on an IV, and his nut got back to normal. <laughs> and then he went oh. back to work. That's an like anticlimactic oh. story. Back oh. to work, Salvador. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. big balls! That's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my brother was uh, fourteen, and his one nut swelled up. And then me and my buddy Dave, uh, we th- we had to go visit him in the hospital. So uh, we thought we'd make him a card. This is where, like, I'm all I'm like uh, 17 or something, and so they had this dot mate 
matrix printer, you know, the kind with the the ribbons on the side, yeah. you know? And it was like, and uh, we we had to fold it like all up to make a card. And it was just like a scales and it had one little ball and one huge ball. (laughs) And then we put, uh, hey, Paul, sorry about your balls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we gave it to him. Oh, man. I never had my ball swallowed, but I did get poison ivy on him. Oh, oh yeah, I had it this year. Did you? Yeah, it ran my dick. Oh, it wasn't man. on my it, balls. It was on my oh, shaft. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Oh my god, oh. it's awful, man. Oh. Now, how did you get yours? Oh, uh, do you know? Uh, pissing outside here. Pissing outside. Yeah, touch, yeah. Right. I got poison ivy everywhere around here. Yeah, uh, I got mine uh, when I was twelve because that was nineteen seventy-four. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know what the number one song was that year? No, I don't. Oh, yes, they call it the streak. Oh, Ray Stevens. <laughs> right? The streak. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So everybody was streaking. And, uh, and I went streaking, right? I went streaking at the cottage, and I tripped over a log and went face first into oh, the patch. Oh, no way. That's way worse. Oh, yeah. So I was covered almost from my ankles right up to my armpits and just, oh, my God. So I'm covered in that uh, 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 that pink shit. Right, Calum, and so you know, and you got so much of it when you're walking, you're just dropping little balls of dry pink shit. That's awful. You spent a long time like rubbing that calamine on your balls. Yes, yes, but mind you, oatmeal. I I found this. No, I discovered the cure. What the cure? And this is it. Uh, I found this years ago because I'm susceptible to it. Polar ice. What? Polar ice. No, the. The blue gel oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. that you put on that's cold, not the one that icy hot. Icy hot? hot? No. no. You don't want it getting hot. You want the cold. <laughs> Polar ice. Right, because it has witch hazel and has alcohol. Yeah. So the cooling stops your itch immediately. Really? And the witch hazel dries out the the pus, which is what prolongs it. Yeah, oh. So when you use that stuff and you keep putting it on, it'll dry it out and it'll go away in three to four days. Well, I'm definitely going to use that because I, I I didn't like my uncle's suggestion, which was just, he says, scratch it all off and then pour bleach on it. <laughs> Soak it in cider. Bleach. Yeah, so, so how long has your uncle hated you? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. It does. I, I don't know if it worked or not. I don't remember. It was just a lot of bleach burns. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of noise. Oh, man. I've had some bad poison ivy in my day, and then it seems like other times I get away with it. Like, it can just be all around yeah. it. It doesn't bug me. And then other times it just hits me like a sledgehammer, man. Yeah. See, now I don't fear it as much because I found the cure. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it is a cure. Like, that blue stuff, it's, it, it just doesn't. Have you ever heard of Wim Hof? Wim Hof? Wim Hof? No. There's this guy. I just, I just found it out. This is going to be the gayest thing I've ever said, I think. But I was watching Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was my wife was watching it. But then I was like, what the fuck is this? There's this guy, Wim Hof, on it. It's like the Iceman. They call him the Iceman. Okay. He goes into the, like, cold ice, and he uh, he can he can withstand, like, super cold temperatures. Okay. And uh, so Wim Hof is all about breathing. He can, he can uh, his, his theory is that he, if you breathe in, uh, oxygen, like if you, the more air you breathe in, the more alkaline your body becomes. Okay. And then you can, you just, uh, can 
cure diseases by breathing more. Oh. And you can, like, withstand anything and all this shit, right? Okay. So this dude, this dude, uh, he, he's Dutch, right? And uh, they take, uh, they, they uh, have this study where he lies there and they infect him with E. coli and he breathes himself healthy, right? Like, no shit. And then they do a... Then they do a study where they do it with like 20 people and 18 of the 20 or something like that. Like not all of them. A couple of them die. No, I don't know. I don't know what happened to those other two, but it, like a, the vast majority of them, he was able to do these breathing things to breathe the, him, themselves healthy. That, the, yeah, it, uh, that's very ironic because have you seen the Dan Brown TV series? Who's that? No, I don't know. The, the, the Lost Symbol, you know, the guy that does Demons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Da Vinci Code. So they did a TV series. It just, it just, it just wrapped up. And breathing was a huge part of it. There was a whole thing where they, a guy could breathe himself healthy, heal bones through breathing. Yeah, they're saying that they're 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 having that's, like that's scientific studies. The guy from the Green Mile. Hey, <laughs> he fixed yeah. people up by breathing too. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Mr. John Miyagi, coffee. Oh, oh he rubbed coffee. his hands together. Yeah, yeah coffee. John Coffee. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah, he's dead for real life though. Yeah, that's sad. Didn't do enough breathing. That was sad. not breathing now. Not breathing now. No, he's not. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, ah, uh, shit. This would be the lull portion, but I think it's the end portion too, isn't it? Yeah, you're close. Yeah, so. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, uh, but I did want to say, we were talking about. Oh, what were we saying, man? It was just. What were we just saying? Do you have any idea? Breathing. Breathing, yes, yes, yes. Breathing. Well, anyways, I've tried this breathing shit. Oh, yes. And it does kind of work, man. It does kind of work. Does it? Yeah, you get. Actually, if you like getting high, it really does kind of make you high. Says you gotta like breathe. He says as I'm looking for a joint. <laughs> yeah, but that's what um, it, it really like fills you up with, and you feel kind of like lightheaded and like a like high. Well, but can, but I, it also like uh, gets uh, gets you uh, like uh, you feel like buzzing in in your like parts that hurt and stuff like that. Like it really there's something to it, and stuff you eat too. Like the stuff that you put in your body. So is it kind of like? Difference. Uh, hi, it, it, when you're doing the breathing, is it like you're hyperventilating almost a little That's bit? That's what Grace, one of the Gracies used to do. Oh, yeah? jiu-jitsu fighter used to do some breathing. He got his stomach moving real funky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this case, I know in this. Yeah, I used to be. be it, you know, want, it's not hyperventilating. Rolling my, I've always been able to roll. Oh, yeah, me belly. too. <laughs> From the top. There we go. Yeah. When I had a bigger belly, oh, it yeah. just embarrassed the hell out of the kids, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, uh, yeah. You, 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 you know, because you always got to find those things to do to embarrass your fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. It keeps them in line. It's like, you know, when they start acting up, and say, hey, hey, I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it in front of your friends. Tarps I'll off. fucking roll the belly. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or I'm my, coming out to the bus with you tomorrow doing this. <laughs> uh, 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 or, <laughs> or the biggest threat would be, you know, like if you were out and you got your buddies, uh, your son or your daughter with you and their friends, and you're getting something to eat, but the kids are acting up, I would do the, don't make me do the shroud of Turin, right? <laughs> which is I'd order something spicy. And once the sweat got rolling, and I take the fa- the, the the napkin and just break <laughs> it to the face, and then pull it out there. It's a shroud that you're in. <laughs> it just be so gross. It's just sweat on a napkin. 
but it looks like the shroud that you're in. Uh, yeah, follow me for more parenting tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. My kids are really young. I make them pull my socks off when I go home from work. Oh. And that became something they would look forward to. Like it was oh. like their game. They'd run to come pull my socks off. <laughs> no, yeah, now they don't return my texts. <laughs> no, no, no. No, all those things that you get. Oh, yeah. Yes, you're helping daddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're happy to do it. They run to the door when you get there. Oh, those yeah, are great so times. excited until they figure it out. Yeah, and they're like, this son of a bitch is making us do, like treating us like shit. Yeah. I used to run downstairs to get my dad beers, and me and my sister would fight on who could like uh, get the Labatt Blue with the happy face on it. Oh, you know, okay. To give to my dad, <laughs> you know, like. But that's like uh, we didn't have happy face on dad's beers. <laughs> no, that was no, before no, we because we had stubbies. They didn't do any of that happy face marketing then. Yeah, you'd have there were stubbies that had had the happy face on the bat blue i remember that like just uh, on on like one out of every four okay um bottle caps in the sections but they were stubby still at that time were they still are you sure uh probably not sure yeah. to be yeah. honest but you know how memories go yeah yeah, yeah. i probably remembering it wrong yeah. but i know i did bring up beers for them when it was still stubbies because i because it was at a house i would i lived at in the 70s so then that would have been stubby time. Yeah, that would have been stubby time. Hmm. That would have been stubby time because you remember the first long necks didn't start coming out till uh, John Labette's Bat Special. Oh, oh yeah. What, what year would that have been? Early 80s or something? Early 80s, 79 or 80. Right? John, Labatt. John Labatt Special came out the long neck uh, green bottle. Oh, yeah. Or, right. It was in a green bottle and it was a long neck. And then. Not John Labatt Classic. Uh, John the Bat Classic. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It came out in John the Bat Classic, and then after and then that, everybody went. Bang. It started going, but I think it might have been. I think Budweiser might have been our first brown long neck. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's when Budweiser was starting to make the intrusion, but they they hadn't bought into Molson yet. It hadn't what Molson Coors? That was when Molson was still Molson's, and it was good beer. Between oh, yeah, eighty two and eighty six. And then when I uh, John Labatt's classic, it just says uh, that's when the when it stopped being stubbies. Yeah, uh, U.S. breweries introduced Canada to the long neck, different shapes and colors. Yeah, brown still being the standard. So yes. the U.S. always had long necks, and we had stubbies, or did they have stubbies too in the states? I don't know. They didn't really have stubbies, no, because I remember as a kid going to Florida, all right, and uh, the only stubbies were like uh, Mickey's. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, like and you know, making yeah, wide mouth, yeah, wide mouth barrels. Yeah, yeah. So there was very few beers that were in stubbies. Mostly it was cans. Everywhere it was cans, cans, cans. They just loved the cans. Yeah, the they loved cans. We did, you know, the cans were never a big thing up here until you know. Oh my God, those Mickey's, those uh, Mickey's. Until the Americans introduced the, the tall boy cans and all that. Yeah, right. you know those Mickey's will fuck you up, eh? Yeah, because those open and. The, I've never had a Mickey's night. It hasn't been just a shit show. Yeah. And you you can get those. They have little puzzles under the under the bottle cap, eh? Oh, okay. Have you ever checked? No. No. Uh, we came. We kept trying to solve those puzzles one time. I got so hammered. Yeah. And then uh, I got kicked out of the person's house that w was hosting the party. Because the problem with it is because of that wide mouth, you just. Oh, That's what it is. They oh, go down gone. so easy. Oh, oh, it's gone. Shotgun. Oh, and you feel like shit the next day. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 I they're I, I they're dangerous, is what I say. They should come with a big warning label on those Mickey's. They 
they're so f- you have such a good time, but then you pay pay dearly for yes. it. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, I just wanted to say uh, that if you that we are not doing feedback. Come on, Kev. We're not doing. We're not doing feedback. Come on, Kev. Right click. Uh, this week, because uh, we don't need to. No. <laughs> and uh, I want to tell you, the message received. You don't like death. You don't like death. I get it. You know. <laughs> and uh, there's a couple joke books. There's a couple joke book ones in there. Hopefully, we'll get you back. We just gave you Craig. Come on, like, uh, yeah. just give us an email at live from the Dutch Hall Gmail dot com, and uh, support our Patreon, uh, which is uh, uh, Patreon dot com slash Dutch Hall. And the sponsors, uh, support our sponsors. Uh, go to our website and click on our Amazon link, all that stuff. But really, if you like to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, fucking. Quora, smoke signal, <laughs> whatever you can do, and uh, we will uh, tell us how, what you think we should do better on the show. And you can follow us now on two different uh, live streams on Facebook and YouTube. So you can also comment on those live and uh, subscribe to those pages, and you will uh, get updates when we do go live. And uh, look for look at my website, uh, Pete Van Dyke Comedian for uh, upcoming dates. So uh, that is it for a feedback. We got feedback. There you go, Kev. You nailed oh. it that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have been past an hour, Craig. Oh, we're past an hour. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. That wow. was fast. That went yeah, fast. It went fast, right? That went, yeah, it went really fast. And since it's not that far away, we're going to have to have you back sometime. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be great. Yeah. So your cherries pop. Do you have any reviews on what it feel like to, to do a podcast? You feel, uh, uh, you know, I it's it's pretty cool. It's it, pretty cool. You know, being a boomer. Yeah, you know, this is all new stuff to boomers. Oh yeah, but you're you're so hated. Even to admit you're a boomer is like uh, uh, you're yeah, in. I, a, I, I'm brave as fuck. I'm trying to break <laughs> the boomer ceiling. Right. Because you know, I'm trying to educate the youngins as to the problem with being a boomer. Like you got, we've grown up for years, learning one way. Now we got to, then we have to relearn everything. And, and they, what they don't understand is like we grew up in the seventies and we're influenced by television, seventies and eighties. Then we went through nineties. The nineties was a new age there, a new age of information. And then we hit the, the you know, the 2010 yeah, yeah. with the iPhone and that, that. so and the boomers, we just have to keep growing all the way along. So there's some boomers that got rich and they're the assholes, but then there's the rest of us who are trying to figure it out as we go. So it's like if we fuck up along the way, as long as we're trying, people should give us a break. Yeah, that's true. Perspective is a big thing. Right? You know, because yeah, yeah. if, at least if we're trying, you know, it's like the thing uh, with, with the whole thing with uh, transsexualism. Right. You know, the whole argument, you know, boomers trying to figure it, figure it out. And a lot of them still arguing. I don't argue the whole idea of if it's choice or natural because it's natural. And I can prove it with two things. Right. One, I never know a woman who would ever give up winning an argument for the rest of her life. <laughs> right. And two, I've never known a man who would equally, who would decide he's going to get paid 70 percent of his living wage for the rest of his life. 
right? So yeah. if a guy's going to transition to a woman, he's going to will it. You know, he's going. That's not a choice, right? And the same with a woman. A woman never chooses to lose an argument for the rest of her life, no, man. <laughs> right? No, and, and if that's what makes me decide that it's natural, then fine. That's what mm-hmm. makes it natural. Yeah, I find it, I I find it easy to go with the the philosophy of I don't give a fuck. You know, and uh, the I've I've met. Uh, I go with the philosophy of uh, just don't be an asshole. Yeah, like uh, was it's it Martin, simple? Martin Luther King said uh, he we should uh, strive for a day when people are judged by the con- uh, content of their character yeah. rather than the color of their skin yeah. or their whatever else. You know, it's like contact of character is like should be what you're judged on, but. This is where when you say, uh, you know, like, like I think that white privilege is a thing, but I think that there's also a period of time where it becomes like we become so vilified that we're the we're now like poison just because we're white, you know, like because we're paying for the sins of our ancestors or whatever, and not. Yeah. And I'm like, I get, I get that it, that there is wrongs being done, but like, I don't see where. Like I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's being directed healthily at the ones that are remaining today that has I nothing guess, to do with it. I guess what it comes down to, I want to be pink anyway. I, I think sometimes, uh, sometimes you know, the uh, check your privilege thing might get tossed too easily, right? But at the same time, if somebody says to you, "Check your privilege," maybe you should take a minute just to think. Is there, am I am I speaking from a, a point of an internal bias that has a privilege? Yeah. Right. Like as, yeah, because yeah. for the most part, we carry on, we carry on, we carry on, and we rarely stop to think I've been about doing that. some things. Yes. And and you know, there's nothing wrong with being introspective. And sometimes when somebody says check your privilege, it just kind of reminding you to be a little introspective. Yeah, I've done that wrong. I gotta admit, Craig. Every time someone has said "check uh, my privilege" to me, I've told, I've just said um, "fuck off." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, right. that I, you know, been... I've done it too. <clears throat> In the beginning, I used to say it too. Uh, it's like "fuck off." What are you talking about? But then it's it was a, like, it's a... yeah, once I stepped <clears throat> back and took a second, then it's like, okay, it's like saying synergy. I can uh, understand. It's like saying synergy. It's just a buzzword. It's like a yeah. thing. You're like you you're constructed something that you think is happening and now you're telling me the you know what I can, you know uh, but you're right I mean there is a there is a basis where it comes from and then yeah. and that is and and my perspective is limited to like everyone's to what I've seen exactly you know but I can't but at the same token if you're looking at me because I'm white and you're assuming that I've had the same white experience as everybody else, you're right. you're wrong. Well, exactly. You know, that, and that's where I, I don't think I've had the same white experience. If you're thinking of a, a young, impressionable kid surrounded by uh, Jamaican guys and uh, thinking they're the coolest, you know, you're 14 working with a bunch of guys in their early 20s, you know. Yeah. Who are like banging chicks and like uh, <laughs> smoking weed and you know like it, these guys are the coolest, right? Like, yeah. they, and uh, you know you don't think of you don't think of you don't if if anything I would have put those guys as uh, on a pedestal right. rather than than thought of them as lesser than or anything like right. that. You know what I mean? But that's that, that's the position. 
that where you were from and because yeah. of how you saw it. But the privileges is that you saw them as that way. But at the same time, it is true that when they go out and they get pulled over by a yeah, white yeah, police yeah. That's, officer, that's... they have a different fear than you would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's and, true. That's true. And that, and, and I think that's what uh, the whole thing uh, that we get confused about is that, you know, we, uh, so I, we say white privilege uh, and we get sometimes get offended that somebody would say that. But at the same time, we don't see things at the same thing, like simple things like if you're in the city – Hailing a cab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you know. But, like, like all that stuff is nothing to, like, uh, like I, I know that's all stuff people have to deal with, but not here. No. Like, not, in, not where I live and not where, um, <clears throat> not how I grew up and not how the people I hang out with. Like, not the perspective I look at. Right. And, like, my kids, like you said, they look, they're on, like, socials and stuff like that, especially during the pandemic. They're on socials so much. Oh, yeah. And then if you get on the stuff that's saying everybody hates everybody and everyone's right. racist and every, and the white people are bad and they're doing all this stuff to everyone else, I'm like, that's not the world I live in. Like, I didn't live that way. I didn't. No. I didn't. Uh, I think what happened with the pandemic <clears throat> and everybody being on social media and everything, uh, it expanded uh, the horizons. Now. Uh, wokeness, there's a there's an extreme, there's an extreme, right? But mm-hmm. there's extremes in everything, right? There's extremes in everything. Uh, the only thing that I get, that's why I say, you know, my general rule is just just don't be an asshole to people, yeah, right? You know, because to me, it's like okay, maybe I'm not as woke as I'm supposed to be on this topic or whatever it is, right? But at the same time, it just comes back to you know. Not being an asshole to people, you know, like I find the, the people who say, oh, you know, because of all this woke culture, you can't say shit anymore. I said, well, what was it you wanted to say that people are trying to say you can't say anymore? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a check. And and that is also kind of what I find is the laziest part of it. Like, I think there is there's a, a, a spot for a great intellectual argument. And discussion about white privilege and all, but I think what the the problem with it is just it. on social media and everything. We have extremes. We have extreme lefts, and we have extreme right. We got the extreme white right who is screaming up and down that they don't have white privilege, and you got the extreme left that says everything is white privilege. Yeah, I hate this topic. Right, so somewhere you got to get into the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what it is? Is that we got algorithms and bullshit that are listening to us That's all right. the time, and all they do is try to give us what we want. And they keep feeding us. The they don't bullshit. give us a perspective. You know what it should yeah. say is like, "Hey, we noticed that you seem to be watching a lot of like, uh, uh, like uh, left wing videos. Here's a right wing counterpoint to what you've been watching. If yeah. you'd like to see the other side of the story, or and vice versa. Like there should be." The nice part of when there was four TV channels was that everyone had to watch the same four TV channels. So well, if yeah. they put balanced stuff out there, you were forced to watch something you didn't want to watch. But so you got exposed to things that you that weren't your cup of tea. Uh, yes, and yet, but you also have to remember that the news reporting at that time there was uh, there was the uh, what was it called the fairness doctrine. Anyways, yeah. You had to show, like if you were to do, it used to be, 
in news reporting, if you had an editorial, mm-hmm. right, you did have to show both sides, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Editorial section in your news broadcast, and it was a left-wing perspective. Yeah, yeah. You had a right-wing rebuttal, right? Yeah, so yeah. So you had both perspectives. Then the fairness doctrine, you know, news reporting was news reporting. Yeah, in the news. Right? It yeah. wasn't an opinion-based situation. You now, could do an editorial once in a while. They'd skip aside for an editorial, and it would be specifically, this does not reflect the, right. the broadcast. But that was also a, a time when you got your news at 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Yeah. Right? You yeah. watched, you, you, watched the, you, you had an hour of news a day. Yeah, that's all there was, and that's all there was. And you wanted it's to still get still all there is, and you wanted to get into discussions. You you tuned into Question Period or one of those shows. Meet the press. Back in Canada, then, we have twenty minutes of news. Actually, twenty minutes. That's it. Yeah, it, you know that. And then a kitten. And, and that, but now you got a twenty-four hour news channel. They got to fill the space. So, yeah. you know, it's like you want to find out what's going on in an election. You tune in. You see the scoreboard. Okay, you 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 you, you tune out. But no, they're going to give you 24-hour coverage and 15 different views on the same freaking thing. And that's the monotony that's driving it crazy. And that's what's driving the left-wing, right-wing. Oh, yeah, in the States. You got uh, so much bullshit. And they talk about it and they overhype it. It's like football. And overplay, overplay, overplay. Yeah, it's like watching Monday Night Football. So you just got the pregame and all this stuff, but you got to choose your side, and then they yep. only want to hear their side. It's like Homer shit. Like it's See, like at uh, least in Canadian broadcasting, when you turn the news on in Canadian broadcasting, what are you hearing about? You're hearing about a train accident. You're hearing about a car accident. You're hearing some political stuff. You're hearing sports, and here you're getting a news broadcast, right? You're yeah. hearing more than one story, whereas on network news, it's one story bled the fucking death yeah that's true but canada doesn't even have one story we have a whole bunch of non-stories and but they only when i say a whole bunch it's like five they'll give you like five stories a day yeah they're all one of them's covid nowadays this is a new story in canada nowadays you get one one big chunk on covid for sure and then you'll have like the stupid entertainment garbage which right. I don't understand why it is on the news at all. Then they'll do the weather. And then they don't even do a business report anymore. Uh, I have to go to business news for that. And then, But they do sometimes sports, but even that's not always. And then there's uh, some politics. Yeah. yeah, Canadian politics, which is always boring. Always and, has uh, been. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was I went to England to school. I was I was flying back and I watched Canadian uh, Parliament on the plane and watched them all arguing and being like, "You guys are arguing over the stupidest shit. Like this is cute, you know. Like you guys are like ridiculous. Like it's Im- almost endear- yeah. endearing how embarrassing this is." See now, if we could get the, the Canadian Parliament to act like the Taiwanese Parliament, what are they doing? Are they killing each other? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've never seen Taiwan Parliament? Oh, yeah. oh they, they they throw they throw down. They're throwing hands. Oh, I love foreign parliaments. They're throwing they, hands where they all the time, yeah. all the time. It's actually come down to you know the event. They bring stuff for the battles. Oh, that's awesome. I would I would love I would love it. I would love it if it went to that. You know, yeah. I think right now the conservative guy would probably win in a knife fight amongst all the rest of them. But you Who, can't. He doesn't know which end of the knife to hold. 
I don't know, but he's a uh, he 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 might. I know Trudeau's not going to be able to do nothing. Singh's got uh, carries around a weapon, so he's probably got. Yeah, in a knife fight, maybe maybe go with the seat guy because the seat guy is already packing heat. You know, like he's already see here. See, see, the I'm pretty sure the conservatives are rebuilding, and what they got to do because the one thing we have to remember is that we we spend a lot of time talking Trudeau, Singh, O'Toole, right? But in Canada, we don't vote the person like in the U.S., right? We don't like when you go to the poll. Yeah, but we don't have a slot that says for prime minister. I want Justin Trudeau. No, we vote the party, right? And by voting the party, it, you know, you hopefully can keep things progressing. One of the best changeovers in my history was Jean Chrétien. Jean Chrétien, he did a lot of good things, but he kind of wore out his welcome, right? He handed things over to Paul Martin. Paul Martin delivered the last surplus that is, has been handed from one government to another. Yeah, that was a good government, and then he did, then he lost. And because, uh, and the reason he lost is because of what happens in Parliament all the time. The Liberals had been in power a long time. Yeah. They were, things were going well. The economy was good, and everything's going well. So what did Harper come in and do? Because everything's going well, you got to cut taxes, right? And he convinced everybody that the Liberals were stealing their tax money, right? They implemented the GST. Yeah. The, the Conservatives did, yeah. And then the liberals campaigned that they were going to get rid of it, and, and they then did. they never did. Yeah, and, and they then they did. and they, but they did. It. And then Harper came in and dropped it one set. Yeah, well, I'm still like, there's like, uh, uh, but here's a problem. To my, my point, like, I I like I I'll I will support a government that's doing a good job. Right, right. Like I don't have allegiance to a party because because here's a problem. With ta- here's here's my biggest issue with promising tax cuts. Right, uh, when you promise tax cuts, uh, the working man, the people in the middle and on the bottom, rarely benefit. They rarely benefit from any tax cuts, and they usually get hurt because every tax cut has to be paid for. So what they do to pay for that tax cut, because when you cut the tax, you're cutting the revenue. You're cutting the revenue that you need to run the country. Right. Okay. So when you do that, they have to take it from somewhere. So they usually go and take it from social services, health care, and education. And that's how, the, that's how they cover the, those tax cuts. So then you're going, okay, they're taking it from the roads and all that. So now your roads are falling apart because you don't have the tax. And you're spending more for an alignment than on your tires, right? So Well, I think it's an oversimplification of... of tax cuts rarely work. Yeah, you but know, you have... But, but like like here's, a, ta- here's a great example of it's where a, it's a only one. Yeah, but... You, but there's always you're right when you say it's always got to come from somewhere else, but it could come from another source of tax revenue. So when one is taxed, like let's say, um, like, like a, we've got a problem. Here's a, here's the problem in Ontario. You want to know the problem in Ontario? Moody's. You know who Moody's are, right? The ones yeah. That, okay. So Moody's downgraded us when Ford came in. Okay, we got downgraded. Our credit rating was downgraded. Why? Because Ford introduced some cuts. Okay, he introduced cuts. Moody's 
told, said right off the top, the problem with Ontario is that we have a revenue generating problem. We are not generating enough revenue. The reason being is that the consecutive conservative governments have sold off revenue generating assets. And it doesn't take a genius. Any businessman knows if I've got a business that's given that's that's profiting uh, ten million dollars a year, and I sell that business for thirty million dollars, the next year I'm not getting ten million dollars from that business because it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So when you cut taxes and and sell revenue generating assets. That was the reason for Moody's downgrade because they said right off the top, it's a terrible move because Ontario has a revenue problem. We are not generating enough, and it's because of successive sell-offs of revenue-generating assets and tax cuts. Okay. Now, counterpoint to that because it's what I believe. Uh, and I believe that, um, that I think that if you are a low-income person – right. And you're struggling to meet your uh, the necessities of life, uh-huh. i.e., groceries and that sort of thing. Yeah. That um, a, a tax rate. a tax cut on a uh, sales tax type thing or on an income tax for a lower tax bracket, right, is an appropriate thing. So here, so here's here's a, here's a great example. So what they did when they canceled the raise to fifteen dollars an hour was they said they were going to, people at a certain level were not going to be taxed Ontario income tax. Okay? Uh So what they did, though, uh, analysts looked at it, and after what they found was the tax break, the tax cut that they sold everybody on because you're going to get a tax cut. Therefore, you'll get a bigger return, right? Uh The people don't have the money to budget themselves to get to the return for one. But for two, what they found out is that had they given them the dollar an hour raise at the end of the year, instead of the tax cut, people would have had $1,000 more in their pocket. So the tax cut didn't do anything for them. And it actually cost the people $1,000 a year. And that's the lowest paid workers in the province. Yeah. So, so what you're so once again, a tax cut was paid for somewhere else. Yeah, but and, I but I, I I I I don't even know if I want to finish my point anymore, to be honest. But the but my point is, is that you're talking about bureaucracy ruining it. Yeah. You, if you're selling off assets, there's an example that you can look up, and it's a New York State running off track betting. Yeah. And they lost millions running off-track betting. The problem with governments when they sell off quote-unquote income-producing assets is that they're usually they should be income-producing assets. Once they're sold to a private corporation, they become incredibly income-producing assets. But when the government owns them, they are fucking pieces of shit losing money corporations that are run so inefficiently by bureaucracy bullshit and people and governments who've been making up government jobs in order to say hey we're creating jobs hey but they're all jobs that are unrequired in government creating more problems for people who are trying to get stuff done so like i think i think i think let me finish this fucking point i swear to god craig i gotta finish this one fucking point go for it 
And that is, I believe, give tax cuts to the poor people and give it to them so that the money goes into their fucking hands instead of you taking it off of their check. Don't take it off their check. Let them have all their money. And then if they get all their money because of that is a tax cut, that is a good thing. And then if you go where they're giving the tax cuts that are detrimental, are every time some trickle-down fucking economic guy from the 80s wants to say, Hey, give tax cuts, and this is where, and and I am a business owner, and and the the corporate tax rate yeah. in Ontario, the corporate tax rate has been lowered a bunch of times in the in the same time that the personal tax rate has been increased, yeah. and the in the time that I've been working and owning a business, so I've done both, and I see the difference, and they take more from the working man, and they give more to the guy who owns assets, and the governments are are constantly tweaking this formula where they give further and further breaks to the asset owners and further and further uh, pay for shit from these increases in taxes to the working person where I believe that that's where the tax cuts go and that the that you should pay for those tax cuts by increasing it to the corporate tax rate, <coughs> which is... <clears throat> incredibly undervalued. Oh, yeah. Well, undervalued. And it's going to become more and more important as time goes on because those corporations are going to pay for our universal income and they're going to pay for our health care and they're going to pay for our social programs. And this is stuff that we're going to need because Mich- fucking Robot Dave's going to be running everything. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's a, that, that's, a, that's a good one. So we'll wrap it up in a bow. Everybody that's listening, we will see you NT. See you next Thursday. Thanks, God, Craig. Oh, problem. That was fun. Um, I don't know. Like, Petro-Canada came out 